Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Ooh, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard Show with Doug Sprinthal. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt Bernard. Yes, he's Schrader. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt, then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions, or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, with the coffee pot going in the background, but it's Doug's coffee. So. Calculating ideas. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com with the mountain in the back. Sorry, boy, it really is loud. It is. Sorry about that. It'll well, calm down here shortly. That's a daily yeah. feature on the show now. So. It is, exactly. We talked about this on the morning show this morning. Uh, if you're a business owner, this is a, a good time of the year to talk to your tax accountant. There's a uh, thing called Section 179 that if you use a vehicle of a certain weight class over 50% of the time, you can get a huge tax break. We typically see people shop for these the last week of the year, which is a terrible time to do it because the selection's junk. Um, but if, uh, if you're in this class, talk to your tax accountant and see if it makes sense for you to be shopping for, you, you want to be looking at vehicles that are over 6,000 pound uh, gross vehicle weight rating. So it's half ton trucks and ups. Uh, a lot of SUVs like Grand Cherokees, Toyota Sequoias, uh, Nissan Armadas, oddly all stuff that we carry. Really? Um, if you have questions about it, I'm not a tax attorney, but I can point you in the right direction. You can email me at Doug at Walzer.com. Magnificent Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Do you ever cover any ACDC when you're out and about? I've never played any ACDC tunes. There you go. Apparently, for, it just decided to stop. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to stop. It's, for one thing, it's hard for guys to sing that high. He's got yeah. really high voices. It's like trying to do Led Zeppelin. I mean, even Led Zeppelin can't do Led Zeppelin anymore. No, that's, true. that's, that's well, very have, true. They have unique voices. Yeah. You know, I just, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think anyone could ever sound, although Brian Johnson sound a lot of. Like yeah, he did. Bon Sound Scott. like Bon Scott. That so, was an amazing yeah. transition. How are you doing, me son? Every time I talk to him, he always called me me son. He calls everybody me son. Has he got hearing issues? Yeah, that like he does, Tinnitus yeah. or he's deaf or something? Yeah, he can't hear all the notes anymore. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they were on the floor. Oh, they I didn't fell want you out to of step, my on, step on them. They fell out of my pocket, I damn it. Where are my glasses? Where are they? 
Listeners are saying they can barely hear the coffee maker. So it's loud to us, but apparently they Cool. Well, I'm going to turn it on. Good. Coffee <laughs> for everybody. Oh, yeah. You'll be able to hear it soon. Coffee for everyone. Uh, I just got a text from Louie Anderson. Mm. Are we still thinking about Red Wing, Minnesota this weekend? I thought we couldn't go because of Friday night. Is, well, Saturday we could go. Okay. Um, Andy, you want to go to Red Wing Saturday? Where is that? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Red Wing? Just, e- just east of Blue Wing. Hour away? Yeah, it's about an hour. I get it. Oh, we're south. I don't know. South, southwest. South no. of here? South. South, yeah. East. Southeast a southeast little bit. A little bit. It's on a river. God, even Jesus is staring at Sprinthal going, what the hell are you I doing? I can't get the damn thing to work. Oh. You're a okay. disaster. Here I'll come Catherine has to carry on this one again. Let me put my tool belt on. All right. Megan Kelly did a segment on controversial Halloween costumes earlier this week that got her into a bit of trouble. Yeah, I'd say a bit of trouble. I think she's done. She's done, yeah. The day before Thanksgiving's her last day. But her ratings were horrendous yeah. anyway. Well, all she ever does is she does a year at some place, makes $500 million, and then gets fired. That's like what she does. Yeah, I guess It's not so. a bad gig, really. Well, she left Fox voluntarily, didn't she? That's what they said. That was really difficult, Doug. How all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> How did that ever happen? The coffee comes out of a coffee maker. Well, sometimes with those curves, you have to you have to open the lid and oh, shut the lid okay. again if it gets Boom. stuck for whatever reason. This is brand Boom. new. That's for you. Oh, uh, money for fixing the coffee maker. Yes. Thank no, you. it's actually a tab for your license oh, plate that will expire oh, in a couple you. of days. Thank you. In an hour, that'll be good. It'll be fine. Uh, there was one get-up she didn't cover, a first glance at the fake Olympic decathlete jersey, running shorts and gold medals from vendor costume agent. Doesn't reveal anything particularly noteworthy, but the red wig and its product name add more context. The Bruce Caitlyn Jenner I'm a Kate costume. Oh, I'm Originally, a Kate? I'm a Kate, What yes. does that mean? Uh, Bruce is now a Kate, apparently. I don't know. Mm. Originally selling for about $45 through third-party sites like eBay and Amazon, riled up the LGBT community, which says it's offensive to transgender people, especially since the model wearing the costume in the original ad is a guy sporting a soul patch and a mustache. Uh, TMZ reported earlier this week that despite the backlash, costume agent was holding the ti- holding tight in the keep the costume up for sale. It's a costume. It's funny, you're upset Tuesday. There it is. That's good, Doug. That's good. <laughs> Doug Sprinthal stirring Did I mention the that pot. I have a cold, too? <laughs> yeah, you and Robert England. Did you hear him yesterday? No. We had Robert England on yesterday, you know, get Freddy Krueger. Uh-huh. The entire interview, he went like this. Yeah, so anyway, I, you know, I'm going to be on uh, Goldberg tomorrow night. And then uh, he kept snorting. Mm. By the way, the Goldbergs might be the most unfunny show I've ever seen in my entire life. It's oh, really? So we love it. Bad. Oh, God, it's terrible. Really? I thought mm. Everybody I reads their lines like this. I, I love was, Bev. Oh, wow. Beverly. That is I a nice her. dress you have, Beverly. Mrs. Cleaver. They all read them just like this. They don't stop shouting. Ugh. Nice hairstyle. You should go with that hairstyle. The fair, the fake uh, Dave fair loves faucet. that 80s hair. Oh, the, oh my God. That's because he doesn't have hair. any hair. He just likes oh, hair. Oh, there's a shot. <laughs> there's a shot right there. Uh, yeah, did you see the the episode last night? Yes, we did. The Robert England one? Yeah. It was not funny at all. I wish they would have had him in there more. They didn't. Say, yeah. what's the deal with the kid who talks like this? What's that Tom, deal? don't make fun of people with speech impediments. He doesn't have a speech impediment. Yes, he's, he's just got a big does. mouth or something. I think that he's he definitely talks, gone he through like this. speech training for sure. Say, Maybe listen. idolizes Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> say, listen, you're plenty good, say. I, I will never Where's your forget. Messiah now? My mother did that one time, and I will never ever forget it. Toots in her deep ass voice. That'll be your best coffee like, you've ever had. You know, I'm just telling you, my friends, they do very very well, and they have a beautiful home. And I, I said, don't even try to tell me. I was like 14, right? Uh-huh. I get, don't even try to tell me about your big shot friends. And she goes just like this. Say, listen, they're doing plenty good, see? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, just watch that movie. Okay, Edward G. Robinson. Yeah. Say, listen, they're doing plenty good, see? That's great. Oh, okay, And, Mom. of course, you couldn't let her get away with that. Of course not. Are you talking about the uh, the kid who's about 24? He's, he's a high school student. 
in it, I think. Well, in real life, he's 24. He is? Well, he's got no. very large, he's got very big teeth. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, well, interestingly, despite uh, portraying a Goldberg, his real name is Troy Gentile. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite the name. Troy Gentile. Uh, Maybe oh, here we go. Tilly. Oh, that, that's a 24-year-old, so there's also a 19-year-old. That's probably him right there. Sean Giambrone. <laughs> That's also not very Jewish. But... Jabroni? Did... Well, <laughs> his name is not Jabroni, is it? Jambrone, which is close. That's a slur. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll love this, by the way, this morning. Speaking of, you know, race mixing. <laughs> no. What? John Lastman, who is a, uh, he's a Jew. He's a Frenchman. He's a Frenchman. <laughs> Lastman is a Jew. He types up a pre-sell for a story. That William Shatner has a new Christmas album coming out. Misspelled the word Christmas. <laughs> How do you oh, no. misspell Christmas? Oh, wow. Did he leave out the T or yes, what? Yes, he left out the T. That's exactly Christmas. I heard Shatner singing. I, oh, Because I, I, I went to. That was Iggy Pop. I took singing. a phone call and he came back. That was Iggy Pop? The, the one that was singing. Silent Night? or um, Whatever. It, it no, was, it wasn't Silent Night. It was Iggy Pop like singing and then William Shatner talking. Hmm. Yeah. It was Iggy Pop singing Merry Christmas to y'all. Oh, God, it was just horrible. <laughs> Andy can track her down, I'll tell you that. Yeah, Say less and track it down, see? It was Silent Night. I think it was Silent yeah, it Night. Was, yeah. yes. The worst Iggy Christmas album. Going. You got it, Andy? Jesus. The worst Christmas Lord album was Barbara Streisand. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle oh, bell, d- 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 jingle God, bell, was... jingle bell. Oh, she God, tried so horrible. hard to make it her own, and she just did not Although succeed. Stevie Nicks' Silent Night's horrible. Holy night. All is calm. Oh, God. All is bright. Come on, start singing, Iggy. How many quaaludes do you think the recording engineer had to take to make it through this session? <laughs> I'm just going to skip to halfway in. Oh, wait till you hear Iggy Mother singing. Child. If it it's lets even me. worse. Uh, okay, hold on. I'm going to have to go to the actual site. The actual site. To let it. Okay, I'll finish this. What? There we go. I got it. I think. So. That's Iggy Pop. What? It sounds like Hank Hill. It does sound like Hank Hill, doesn't it? Bobby! That's an album. A hobo who's about to throw up. Somebody said, this is marketable. Yeah, somebody does. Let's see if we can find Shatner. Christ the Savior. He just talks. He just talks. He doesn't sing. One thing I will tell you, uh, once again, kind of like John Lastman, William Shatner's a Jew, too. Yep. <laughs> I love that. I love that whole thing. Hmm. Uh, I like it. Joe from Louisville. He should change his name to Iggy Stop. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, that is pretty good. Iggy Stop, please. Iggy Stop. <laughs> so you wonder who called who. Oh, God. Can you yeah. even imagine? Why would you Iggy, want to put this that is out? Bill Shatner. Yeah. Um, pom, pom, pom. <laughs> that oh, was God. like, hey, we both have rehab on the same day. <laughs> I think that's what it was. <laughs> no, I don't know if Shatner's into anything like that anymore. I don't, think but... he, I don't think Iggy is. He's uh... No? I just always assumed. Well, he's crazy, but he's an amazingly fit human being. For He's got to be in his 70s. Oh, he's got to be. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 you know what's amazing to me is everybody, all everyone does is tell me what a jerk William Shatner is. They hate him. A lot. Really? He's always been really nice to me. Well, he's just, always. He's just arrogant. Yeah, he wasn't arrogant with me. Well, people are just all over him all the time. Yuck. The one thing he does to me, though, milk. and I think he does it on purpose. Vomit. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, William Shatner. Dom. How you doing, Dom? He calls me Dom. How? Are you doing? Are you doing? <laughs> don't. How's everything? Don't. don't. Uh, we have a call in. Um, something about being bald, it says. Uh-oh. Something about being bald. Uh-oh. 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 I might know. Yeah, you might know. that. Way to go, Catherine. You stirred the pot. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. I see. Darkness uh, Dave doesn't come in for a couple of weeks, and uh, Catherine just goes kicking the man while he's down. Hey, <laughs> man, I'm not telling anything you don't know, right? 
Wait till you see what they did oh, to your oh, parking oh, place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they like liked her 80s hair because he's bald. <laughs> Whatever that means. This oh. thing is apparently connected to the internet. Oh, people yeah, actually do listen to this show. Weird. It's hard to tell. Really? <laughs> I, like, I like her 80s hair because it brings me back to a cleaner, simpler time, Catherine. Uh, that's why. He's crying so now, Catherine. Sorry. Way to go. No, he's did crying. It again. It's your fault. He's I'll have to up. go home and mop up the tears. The one time he yep. listens. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal. So, Dave? And yes, Tom, apparently you've been sniffing too many box elder bugs to not enjoy the Goldbergs. I don't know. Uh, it's not it. funny at all. So, oh in other words, your sense of humor you know. sucks and you're bald. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. <laughs> oh, my God, Dave. This is nice to you. Now you know how I get treated at home. It's a bad show. I'm sorry. Open line on the Don Rickles show. I wanted to like it. You know, I like a lot of the people in it. I just don't. I don't. I think the I acting think is awful. Maybe were you guys more of a fan of that '70s show? Uh, I never was. No, not really. Was, yeah, I liked it. It was okay. everyone else on Earth did, but not us. My favorite one from that era was Freaks and Geeks. I thought. Oh, that, that was, was a great terrific. show. Well, Judd Apatow. Yep, that's kind of what got them started. I think. It, uh, that maybe and, it's easier. Maybe it's easier for the cynic behind I mean, the Bernard family to just tell me which TV shows they do like. Honestly, uh, not a lot. I like that one. Uh, <laughs> the only Star Trek that I did like was the one with the bald guy. Uh, <laughs> next generation. That's true. Jean-Luc Picard. Picard. Oh, Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that, too. Jean-Luc Picard. Wait a minute, Tom. Wait a minute, Tom. Shatner wore a wig, so... Uh, yeah, that's right. He did. That's a very... Bald guy. That's right, because he was bald, too. I didn't know that. I yeah. will tell you something, Dave. Uh, <clears throat> kind of a little inside information, but as each day passes, when I go to comb my hair in the morning, there's less to comb. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm headed down the same okay. road. Give me a hug be... next time I see a tiger. Well... I've been bald since I was 21. Yeah, I was going to say, it must be horrible going bald at 65. I told you, though. Honestly, God, my friend Norm, my friend Norm yeah. went, went bald in high school. Oh, wow. No, that's and I mean, yeah, there was a kid named Jerry something, and he was very, he was Patrick? like, he was one of those yeah, yeah. Jerry He was Patrick. one of those super hairy people. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. They but he, but he was balding. Yeah. It is a yeah, testosterone yeah. I think, problem. I, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that he could shave in, at the age of 10. That's what causes baldness is too much testosterone, which means that this darkness, Dave, is a tough guy. Well, no that's what that means. No wonder he's got 40 kids. Oh, Dave, you're taking a beating today, man. It's unbelievable. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm everybody's whipping boy today. I better get going and lick these wounds while I make my uh, Tom Bernard podcast show uh, voodoo doll collection ready. You're going to start stabbing away, man. You're going to be stabbing away a storm. So, so go ahead and go ahead and pick on the only guy you know that's into the paranormal and can summon demons. That's fine. Just pick that's, away. That's, that is not too smart, is it? What do you, no, what, you're leaving tomorrow? Uh, yes, we, we head off to uh, Miami to join the Jericho cruise, and we'll be summoning UFOs in the Bermuda Triangle. We'll be leading a, ball, a bar crawl. We'll That'll be, be uh, hanging out with wrestlers and rock and rollers and comedians, so it should be a lot of fun. That will be a ball. Man. You, should, you should call in once. Can you call in from a ship? Um, you can try. Sometimes if they've got Wi-Fi. Yeah. About $19 a minute. Well, there is that. Maybe, maybe if I go to maybe if I go to Doc's office, he can plug me through to you, or or if Isaac has a few minutes behind the bar, he can patch me in. I don't know how this works. I like it, man. Well, have a great time. Thanks for calling, and we'll talk Thanks. to you later. Hey, please remember Ghost Adventures live on Halloween on Travel Channel. I'll uh, be on. Check like it out. It. Watch it. Support the people. I like. All right, it, have man. a good one, guys. Thanks Bye. a lot, Dave. Sorry, See Dave. Right. Sorry. No, you're <laughs> all right, Catherine. I still like you. Okay. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> we'll be right back. Somebody will join us right after this Tom Bernard show. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get and use from North American Banking Company called XCheck. Tom, it's a payment app we developed. We wanted a simple application that was safe and secure easy to use and a way in which you could pay the kid who cuts your grass shovels your snow way you could split a dinner check without having to exchange cash without having to write a check the app 
processes the payment, puts it right into the receiver's account literally the same day. It's free to our customers. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, celebrating 20 years of providing a better banking experience. Check out nabankco.com slash KQ for more about XCheck. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Mike is a disaster. Now, wait a minute. You better cut out that. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, 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 Tommy. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Whiting Clinic has changed their name to include their two specialties, LASIK and cataract surgery. Whiting Clinic is best known for their amazing LASIK results and ability to enhance thousands of lives by restoring vision to clarity without the need for glasses or contacts. You've heard me rave about them for years. You know that. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm a perfect example of their good work. You know what I'm saying. I see so clearly now. When my clear LASIK vision started to fade due to cataracts, Whiting Clinic took care of me again and have the most advanced lens technology so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you're over 60 and have noticed your vision starting to fade, call the experts at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. To learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020. That's 855-554-2020. And please tell them Tom sent you. Come on, Doug, sing along. I can't sing this. <laughs> I, can do, I can do Joe Walsh. That's about as high as I get. And Joe Walsh has got a high voice, too. Yeah, yeah that's true. Todd, I love Zeppelin. I Me too. too. I love Led Zeppelin. I do too. I love them. I used to blast it in my car, and everyone's like listening to a certain other station I won't name. But I'm sitting there blasting <laughs> Led Zeppelin. Beautiful whale. Yeah, the beautiful whale. <laughs> Fawn's very into Prince and Abba, right? Prince and Abba? <laughs> wow. She asks Alexa. Alexa was playing some song yesterday, and she goes up to him and goes, Play raspberry music! <laughs> Not this song. <laughs> Play raspberry. It's a good thing she didn't call for sexy mother. Yeah. 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 And then she, she really like likes. some she, MC5. Or cream. <laughs> she really likes Raspberry Beret. And she likes, yep. And she likes Super Trooper by ABBA. And then oh, it started God. playing another song. And she's like, Play Shoopapa. You know what you should look for? Not this song. And then she called it Naughty. 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 There's a. Uh, Prince is that you can find it on YouTube. He did an episode on uh, um, Sesame Street. Oh, really? Where he goes into the cafe and he, he writes Raspberry Beret right in front of the character. Oh, it's my really gosh. Cool. Fawn loves Elmo. She's never seen Sesame Street, but she loves Elmo. Wesley was the same way. And Remember, I saw the six foot tall version at the uh, Target Center. Oh, freaked, yeah. <laughs> freaked him right out. Remember, I used to have that big lump right here on my finger that's going, that's going away now? Yeah. You know why it's going away? Rugs. Because we saw on a TV show last night, if you put your hand out and you whack it, it'll go if, away. If you've got that kind of cyst that's just huh. filled yeah. with fluid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Which he's had that on his finger for a A Bible long bump? Time. Yeah. Your exactly. mama. Yeah. Your mama. Right there. I don't think I'm going to hit it with a hammer. Was hammering it. I hammering uh, a book on my hand. He whacked his own finger, like, with the, the back <laughs> of a book, like, four you, times. Why wouldn't you just lance it? It would hurt a lot less. But then hurt Because then all. you have to go to a doctor, no. and then just take your a insurance company is going to drop you. Hot and needle <laughs> right Because you there. had something wrong. Oh, you did. It's just not worth I mean, it. It's not that big a deal. It's like you would put your finger on here like this, and you go, ow! Well, it doesn't hurt at all anymore. I must really have a high threshold for pain. nerves are all or dead. Or you're just dumb. Now that your nerves are all dead. <laughs> or I'm dumb. I call Thank him a caveman. <laughs> yeah, she said, you're like a caveman. I must have a high threshold for you pain. You must. Because yeah. that stuff doesn't bother me at all. Your fingers? Oh, my God. My fingers well, are so Well, when I go so to the dentist, I don't get that lidocaine. I you don't just know how you can do that. You must be dead inside. That's all I can <laughs> yes, think of. that's what it is. That's all I can think Precisely. of. Precisely. So, basically, Dave's bald and I'm a caveman. Well, that's nice. That's good. Yep. Well. Both of us getting attacked viciously by Catherine today. She's in a mood. She's in a yeah, mood. I'm in a mood. No question. It's because I drove here with your father. Oh. <sighs> First what? mistake. And there's parking issues, right? And you yes. know how yeah. he gets with the parking yes. issue. He That's actually said, if they're not done paving the parking lot by tomorrow, we'll just cancel the podcast. Seriously, I'm not coming Rather than that spend that extra oh five minutes finding a parking spot. If that parking lot's not done tomorrow, <laughs> I'm not coming in. For I got lucky with the parking yeah, spot. So did we. 
Andy walked over, didn't you? Cassie, where did yep. you park? I parked at the building next door. Yeah, that's I what did I did, too. too. And that's where you parked, too? Yep. Yeah. The stairs. Up the steps. Is there plenty of parking over there? Well, I, yeah. I, I got a spot right at the bottom of the steps. All right. Nice. Oh, my God. What a big All shot that you are. living. I like. You know what you should do? Just mow down the cones and park right in the middle of where they're yeah. ripping up the and jump out of your am. Mustang and say, "Don't you know who I exactly. am? Don't you know who I That's am?" That's what you should do. I'm <laughs> I Megan Kelly. Right. I'm Megan Kelly. Watch me smash my finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can smash my finger for you again. So now she's been Absolutely. crying on the air because everybody's mad at her. Oh, and, well, she's losing her. She got fired. I don't know. Okay, I, I watched like I think I watched what she said, and it is kind of ridiculous that you can get fired for saying something like that. I'm not. I, I wasn't sure of the context or why she was saying what she was saying. So I, I don't yeah, I did know. The same thing, and what... apparently it was a conversation about Halloween costumes. About Halloween Basically costumes. Appropriate to dress in blackface. Yeah, she and... says it's okay to dress up like a black person if you're white for Halloween. Well. Which I um, agree with I've that. heard worse things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, much worse. Yeah. Well, like if you were, <clears throat> if you wanted to be Susan B. Anthony. No, nope, not allowed. Uh, you know what though? Uh, I, would, I, I don't know. You, you know, just dress up as Susan B. Anthony. You wouldn't have to change the color of your skin. I. Well, then no one would know who you are. True. You could just say I'm. Susan okay, one B. Anthony. time a friend of mine went as ah. Tina Turner, and she yeah. put darker makeup on, but she didn't blacken her face. Nope, still not Does allowed. That, would that be a horrible thing now yep. today? That's. I didn't do it. Evil and racist. What did she do? She just put on like darker like foundation, so she just looked a little tan. Yeah, I feel I like that's leaning toward black. So that question. would be something yeah. bad now. Okay. I have a question. So. Next week, if I go as Bob Sansevier and darken my skin, is that okay? <laughs> he's paler than you are. No, he's not. He's, he, he he literally gets darker than Philip in the summertime. Mm. He, he, does, he, he does tan well. He tans. Well, he's Italian. Uh, again, he gets so really pale in the winter. I still love that show so much. He does. He gets very pale in the winter. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just... I don't know why you'd even want to bring that up. It makes no sense. The woman she was talking about on Real Horrors of the Housewife or whatever it's called. What's Real it called? Horrors of the Housewife. What's it called? Those ones. I don't know. Real Housewives. Real Housewives of Horridom. Of, of or... all kinds of different places, Just I real think. Ha- the Real Housewives. But I'm not kidding you. The the woman on there who dressed up as Diana Ross and blackened her skin. She Well, she darkened her skin. She didn't blacken it. She darkened it. But the, the problem with that was she was wearing an Afro wig that was about the size of a, you know, those big balls in front of Target oh, stores? Oh, she was going as Angela Davis. Yeah, it was like more Angela Davis hairstyle. But no, this was, I'm not kidding you, it was about, you know, a gigantic, uh, those big balls in front of Target yeah. stores oh, yeah, so you yeah, can't yeah. get through the building. Right, that's the about how, That's how big the, the wig was. I don't think a wig's offensive. Yeah, it is. Sorry. It is? No, nope, not allowed to do that. Can't do anything. I just anymore. think what? you should just stay away from everything. Just stop it. Just don't do anything. Well, wouldn't that be racially whatever? If like oh, only white people can dress up like white people, and only black, black people, people can dress, dress up, up like as white black people. people. It's the other way around that's bad. Oh, okay. No, they they were mm. talking about white face on black people is not allowed either. Uh, but I they just made that movie that? white chicks. White yeah, chicks, exactly. those guys did it. No one cares about oh, white face. Oh, that was a horrible movie. Was it Baz the Goldbergs? I think it was horrible No, I purpose. love the Goldbergs. I stand by that. I love the Goldbergs. <laughs> I like to poke the bear. That's all I know. I just love the dad. <laughs> oh, Jeff Garland? Yes, just some of the stuff he says. It's Kept calling like, everybody a hippie yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> You're a hippie. <laughs> But that, it's supposed to take place in the 80s, isn't it? Yeah. He's yeah. like the worst actor ever. But, Terrible. But he just plays himself all the time. And I think he'd be a great guy to hang out with, but he has no acting skills. Well, he's the same person right. in everything he does, yeah, he but is. he's just one of those guys you just got to love you him. Gotta, he, yeah, he's very watchable. Yeah. And what's the woman's name that's the mom? What's her real name? Oh, God, I can't remember her real she's name. She's been around forever, too. Yeah, she's been in a lot of things. But, Wendy uh, McClendon Covey. Is that who it is? Yeah. Well, that trips off the tongue. It really does. <laughs> she honestly got, I, I swear to God that, that hair she's wearing has got to be made out of clay. Oh. I mean, she's got the wing, the wing back look. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hair, back, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. She's got the wing back look all the way, no doubt about that. I just that. love her clothes that she wears. She bedazzles everything. <laughs> you know Such an I'd, 80s mom. You know what I'd like to do? If I ever come back, if I'm reincarnated, I want to come back as racially ambiguous so I can just complain about yeah, everything. You look like Derek Jeter. 
Yeah, it looked like Derek. That's right, yeah. Derek. You look like half ambiguous. the residents of New York. Are you Puerto Rican or Chinese? I can't tell. <laughs> I can't well, tell. I'm a little of both. I think it's one. Some Eskimo and some. Uh oh. We get another message from Darkness, Dave. I said Uh-oh. nothing. <clears throat> what did you say what now, What did you Kat? do, Mom? Oh, it says one I'm more message. It's boiling in here. Is Shoot. Gary Spivey racist? Who's Gary Spivey? Oh, he's, he's a, the he's like a medium person. Oh, yeah, yeah he's the he's, guy with the gigantic white hair. Yeah, the, like the big white afro what? hair. I don't even know who that if is. If that's oh, your hair, then you can't do anything. Just not. Gary it Spivey. is absolutely not. Oh, I haven't right. never oh. seen him before. He he's looks, I've never heard of him. He looks like he's wearing a helmet made out of like carpet. <laughs> <laughs> like he took a, a carpet? like That's a gigantic a helmet that he then carpeted. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what that, that looks bad. going on. And his skin is like orange. Yeah. Oh, is Gary he... Spivey hair. It says here. That's yeah. nice. Oh, is what? he? Is he? Is he trying oh to look? Oh my god! Is he trying to look weird so that when yes. he's walking around like a no, like regular nobody? For those will... of you listening, he looks really weird. I mean, he <laughs> well, puts Bob Ross's hair to shame. Oh god, yes. Oh yeah. What's this guy's name? I gotta look. Gary Spivey. Oh, you got him. There's your hair. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What the hell is that? It's a little bit of one of those Parliament of those. wigs versus... Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, I don't it's even know. Some sort odd. of Egyptian the, what? It's, it's Victorian times meets <laughs> the disco. My new something. band has a gig Friday, and the, one of the guitar players texted everybody, Hey, is everybody, what are you going to wear for a Halloween costume? I'm like, I think I'll go as a depressed suburban middle-aged guitar player. So yourself? Yeah. Mm. Perfect. I, I've got it on now. There you go. Work like a charm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. Uh, How will they know you're depressed? Will I'll you carry a bottle really of pills? Slowly. Cry? Yeah. <laughs> Andy, what is a maniloquent pillock? A what? A maniloquent pillock. A pillock was something like that a... used to say, like... Uh, way back in Victorian times, I would be like saying something was a jerk. A I think. stupid huh. person. Yeah. What's magniloquent? I've Mag- never heard that M a g n i l o q u e n t. Uh, using high flown or bombastic language. Oh, really? Magniloquent? Oh, I get it. Like eloquent. Eloquent, but, but magn. Oh, even yeah. bigger. Yeah, bigger mm-hmm. verb of eloquent. Oh, it sounds okay. like you. Not the. Boy, there's jerk a word part. that doesn't deserve a comeback. Oh, not the jerk part. <laughs> I'm trying to temper my temperament. <laughs> yeah, really good. Not doing that. Well. Really good, honey. Hey, it came from 1650, so it's, it's got a storied, yeah. uh, storied life. Magniloquent. Where did mm-hmm. that come from? Yeah. It came you... from Latin magniloquentia. No, no why is <laughs> why is dad? That, why did oh, dad bring that up? Because yeah. magniloquent pillock is what they described Gary Spivey as what he's not trying to be. Oh. A magniloquent pillock. That's a weird. And a pillock is what? A stupid person. So, yeah, it's an insult. But elo- being eloquent is a good thing. I think the person just wanted to show off their thesaurus and didn't know what they <laughs> apparently were that's probably true. Exactly right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. They want to show. Look, there. Well, you know, nobody's better at that than Dennis Miller. <laughs> he is good. Dennis Miller will use words that not another human has used in about 200 years. <laughs> The other guy that was like that was William F. Buckley. I used to oh, like to yeah. watch him oh, yeah. all the time. He just you know, the teeth and the punch eye thing. you in your goddamn mouth. Remember? <laughs> queer. He called him a yeah. He called him a queer. That's right. He did call yeah, he him did. a queer, didn't he? That's a very you interesting queer. documentary. Oh, it is. That's a great. That's a. I never spoke to. Well, I I might have spoken to William F. Buckley like thirty two years ago. But I used to interview Gore Vidal all the time. Great guy. Oh, really I bet he'd guy. be a great interview. He's a really good guy. But I don't know. It just didn't work out for those two kids. I don't know. I don't know what the hell that was all about. But um, hey, at least they didn't mail each other pipe bombs. Yeah, you know. Let me ask you a question about that. <clears throat> How is it possible? Because I had several people from the uh, delivery services on this morning. It's impossible to get a package like that sent through the mail without going to the post office yourself to have it postmarked. Well, it wasn't postmarked either. It wasn't postmarked That's either. That's the weird thing. See, here's the problem with that whole thing. They're not postmarked. So what is this really all about? I don't know. Well, he didn't show up in L.A., Washington, D.C., Miami, New York. He didn't show up at all those places or 
I don't know. I, it's just very suspicious to me. The whole thing is really suspicious. Well, you know, cause there's been just tons of stuff on social media. Oh, it's it's Democrats setting it themselves up. And I'm like, in fact, you saw I this know. post like three weeks ago. I know. Um, Mattis, Ted Cruz, and the White House got ricin in the mail, and right. nobody freaked out. Right. They just let the FBI do their job and catch probably the world's dumbest terrorist because he actually used his own return address. He just <laughs> yeah, he drove did. out to Utah and he said, did, oh, did you mail this shit? Oh, yeah, that was me. Sorry. Yeah. All right, well, come with us. You're gonna, you, get, you get a free place to but stay that was for real. 20 years. There's something on fire in here. I it know, does I'm, smell like something. It's I know. the tar from the... Uh, oh, yeah. it is. It's the tar yeah, from the... Yeah, we're getting like, Yep. I was going to say... And as I walked up, I was like, oh. It's not what good. is that? Um, yeah, so I don't know what the hell the deal is. But but I talked to several people who are in the delivery business, including the post office. They said, a package that looks like that was bulky like that. There is no way you could mail that without coming into the post office really? to get it postmarked yourself. So you could just yourself. throw it in your uh, mailbox? They wouldn't nope, pick it up? they would not. He said that it looks too. Huh. It, it looks, looks pretty too bad. Odd. Too bomb-like. Too. It looks too bomb-like. I just mailed. Handle with care. Explosives inside. Mm-hmm. But here's what I like about that. <laughs> so now these parties are going after each other about that, saying, "Oh, it's just Donald Trump's whipped it up." Really, did he whip up the Ryzen part too? Did he rip up the women that were punched in the face by Democratic men? I mean, these two parties are insane. Yes. They both got to calm down. You just shut up. That is for sure. Yeah, Twitter enough. is, you can't even go on that oh, right God, now. Oh, God, no. Except through the, the, the Twitter, uh, the tweet of God. What's it called? The tweet of God? The tweets of God? Oh, God. That's oh, hilarious. Yeah. It's Let's very see funny. What the, what God the latest. tweets. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll find out what the tweet of God is for the day. Bomb the update. We will talk to Lisa. <laughs> the bomb update, yes. And we'll talk to Elisa as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be right back. Tom Bernard. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Michelle. Oh, look at you being clever. I can literally feel my brain being killed by that tar. By that tar. Tar, I know. It's like giving me such a headache. Have some coffee. You'll be fine. (laughs) This is really good. Lisa. Lisa. Yes. Hi. How are you, Lisa? Good. How are you guys doing? It's not his normal voice. He's just being weird. I'm just being weird, Lisa. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. How do you pronounce your last name, Lisa? It's Espich. It is Espich. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. It is. Kind of how it's spelled. Kind of how it's spelled. The year is 1965. The Beatles, Elvis Presley, and the Righteous Brothers filled the airwaves. Television shows like The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet and The Andy Griffith Show mirrored the innocence of life in the dusty city of Tucson, Arizona. But the sun-baked desert surrounding Tucson was hiding a sinister secret. A psychopath named Charles Schmidt later nicknamed the Pied Piper of Tucson by Life magazine, would steal that innocence away along with the lives of three teenage girls. Oh, my God, Lisa, what's this all about? (laughs) Well, uh, just as you just read there, this happened in the late 60s, and Charles Schmid was really one of the first 
well-known serial killers, uh, much like a Manson-esque type murderer. And this was prior to Charles Manson. And he murdered three teenage girls here in Tucson. He got a couple teenagers to help him with the first killing, which really was kind of unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. And my father, Richard Bruns, he was a friend of Charles Schmid. Really? Charles Schmid confided this to him, and he eventually went to the police. There was a lot of things that kind of led up to that uh, before he went to the police. He wasn't sure that he believed the stories because there wasn't any proof quite yet. Uh, But a lot happens that my father wrote about after Charles Schmid was arrested, and he boxed it away. And my sisters and I, about 10 years ago, were going through old boxes of photos, didn't know my father ever wrote this book, and came across it. Oh, really? And Yes. And so it was finally just about a year ago that we convinced him that he should share his side of the story, because stories keep coming out, and uh, books and articles and all of these things keep coming out, and they always portray him in this over-the-top way. They portray my father in a very over-the-top way. Yeah, and so and uh, the thing that really convinced him to release his side of the story is just about a year ago, the Discovery Channel on their Crime to Remember series did the Pied Piper of Tucson. Oh, okay. And he was... He was bothered by how he was portrayed, and that's where we said, you know, you've written your whole side of the story, and it's only fair that that's out there as well. And so he finally agreed to do that, and so his book was released on March 20th of this year. Were they blaming him or for not doing something? What, what, was, what was their problem with your dad? Well, my father, because he didn't go to the police right away and because he was the one that did finally go to the police, there was a lot of speculation Mm -hmm. about whether he was involved with the murderers or not. And in the first trial, the the attorney for Charles Schmidt did try to claim that it was my father who was the murderer. And even though there was no, yeah, and even though there was no proof of that and that, whole idea was dismissed based on the evidence that's a story that some you know reporters ran with and so there were people who uh, believed that my father was more involved with the murders than he was Uh, he wasn't involved with the murders at all he just was the one who you know was told about them and eventually went to the police but he had a difficult time finding work for many years afterwards because as soon as they would find out who he was he was very well known here in Tucson because these sto- the, these cases especially after the Life magazine article came out were huge and and so he had a very difficult time for at least you know the first decade after this happened Tucson was pretty small back then wasn't it wasn't it, it kind was. of a small little, yeah. kind of a cow town It was, and so, and I think that's why it made this story so huge at the time, because to have this happen in such a small uh, town where you wouldn't expect something like this to be happening in Tucson, and it was a time really still of innocence, and then to find out that all of these, um, because you find out, you know, later after after the stories came out that a lot of people were told about this, and nobody was coming forward. And then to get other teenagers to do the killing with him that first time, you know, it's just not what anyone would expect coming out of Tucson, Arizona. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Who came up with the name of the book? He actually titled it I a Squealer. So when we found it, it was titled I a Squealer. Well, it was. And at that time, yeah, and at that time, especially in the late 60s, you know, that, that is how he was... Uh, treated like he was a squealer. And so you would think that somebody comes forward and turns somebody in who killed three teenage girls. Yeah. Instead, he was, um, you know, people would go by his house and throw things at his house and scream what? squealer and write squealer on things. And so he was treated as an outcast for, you know, coming forward. But Charles Schmid was extremely popular and known in town and had so many friends that my father was treated extremely badly for coming forward. And, uh, and that's really sad because he was turning in, you know, somebody who was a murderer, yet he was treated uh, as if, you know, a squealer is a bad thing. And so at that time he titled it I a Squealer and we kept the original title. 
That is so amazing to me because I got to be honest with you, Lisa. If I found a really good friend of mine who had killed three people, I I wouldn't hang out with them anymore either. Yeah, I don't understand. And oh. and I guess I yeah, and because uh, there was other people involved in this and other people knew about it. You know, they really, and that's why they, he got labeled the Pied Piper of Tucson. He really had this following and they were going to protect him and they were going to, you know, follow him and kind of, you know, that's, that's the label. That, it, but it's still amazing. You can't, you can't deny if the man, so they just didn't believe that he killed these girls. Is that what happened? Well, I do believe that they do believe he killed the girls, oh, and many of them didn't know that he killed the girls, and they were protecting him. And, you know, all I can say is at that time, you know, I realized in reading the book and in researching it and talking to my father, and even people who knew Charles Schmid back then, he really had this following that, for whatever reason, was going to protect him. Yes. He had this... Uh, charismatic way about him yeah. yeah and and people were protecting him now i'm sure that there were some people who did not believe he was a murderer but even the people who probably knew he was a murderer uh they in fact after charles schmidt got arrested my father found out that there were kids that were planning to kill my father as oh revenge God. for turning charles schmidt in so it was a very difficult thing for my father to turn Charles Schmidt in, and, you know, to begin with, which is why, you know, part of why he waited so long to do it. He didn't have proof at first either, but once he had proof, um, and he was very afraid that Charles Schmidt was going to kill the girl that he was in love with. Mm. And so there were a lot of things that, you know, led him to finally come forward. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy how much they were protecting him. So, Lisa, how old was your father when this took place? Yeah, like that. So he was 18 when this all happened. He was 19. He had just, well, he was 18 when he turned him in, too. So all of this really happened while he was 18 years old. Wow. He met Charles Schmid when he was 15, but they really didn't become friends until he was 18. And this all sort of happened in the span of him being 18 years old in that year. So he really got close with Charles Schmid. Charles Schmid ended up confiding in him about the first murder. And my father didn't know whether to believe it because Charles Schmid was always telling far-fetched stories. Yeah. And, and, how, and how, old didn't was, really... how old was Charles when this happened? He was three years older than okay. my father. So my father was 15 and Charles Schmid was 18 when they really became friends. And for, you know, I can look back and see why my father would be drawn to Charles Schmid because he was really well off. He got a $300 a month allowance from his parents, which is, you know, at that time, $300 was a ton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had a, a gorgeous car. He had his own cottage home on the property of his parents' home, uh, having parties and things. So he was a cool guy to be friends with and hang out with. I really never quite understood my, why Charles Schmid was drawn to my father as a friendship because he was older and, you know, I think he just liked having somebody who looked up to him. And, you know, they spent a lot of time hanging out. And they really did become quite close friends. But then once my father really realized that Charles Schmidt really had done these things, he got very afraid and really obsessed looking over this girl that he was convinced Charles Schmidt was going to murder. And instead of turning him into the police, he started trying to watch over and protect this girl. And eventually the parents, not knowing why my father was constantly hanging around trying to, you know, watch over their house, contacted the police. And my father was sent to Columbus, Ohio by the courts to be with his grandmother. Oh, yeah. That's when my father didn't feel that he could protect this girl anymore. And that's when he called the police, because then he felt totally out of control of what Charles Schmidt was going to do. One thing I will tell you in defense of your father, for an 18-year-old man to manipulate a 15-year-old boy is quite easy to do. Because at 15 yeah. years old, you look up at an 18-year-old and go, oh, my God, this guy's worldly and he knows yeah. what's going on. So, yeah, you can't blame your father. He was 15 years old. Um, yeah. Being, you talk to your father about what it was like being in, in the company of mur I've known three murderers in my life. Went to high school with all three of them. It is pretty odd, I will tell you that, to, to you know, realize that somebody you know killed somebody. 
It's just yeah. odd. You know, once he realized that Charles Schmidt really had killed these girls and his fear that he was going to kill this other girl and, you know, he really felt responsible to protect her. And when I read his story and, and he does a great job of really pulling you into his emotions and what he was going through as an 18 year old man and the fear that he was going through, I, you know, I realized that, um, you know, so after he found out that he was doing that, it really wasn't a friendship anymore. He really right. wasn't even hanging around with Charles Schmidt after that, but he was very afraid of what Charles Schmidt was capable of doing. And he was also afraid of being killed himself. Sure. You know, he was, um, Charles Schmidt ended up taking him out to show him where the bodies were buried. Oh, God. And, um, there's some things that led up to that, and I and I know we're limited on time, but the the uh, mob, the mafia, got involved in this because oh uh, one of the one of the girls who was killed, her father was the heart surgeon of Joe Bonanno, oh God. who is, uh, you know, who Joe Bonanno is, and oh, so yeah. um, that family got involved with trying to find the missing sisters. Um, and so the mob ended up pulling my dad and Charles Schmidt to an apartment one night and questioning them. Ooh. And once that happened, my father got really scared because he was like, okay, the mafia is now questioning us. You're telling me that you killed these girls, you know, and then Charles Schmidt during that conversation admitted to my father that he never buried them. He just laid them out in the desert. Oh, and so my father saw that as his opportunity to find out, is this really true? And he said, well, if you didn't bury those girls, we need to go out there and bury them. And it was really so that he could call his bluff. But he really did take them out to the bodies. And sure enough, they were there. And at that point, my father got really afraid. He wanted to run, but now he's in the desert and was convinced that he was going to get killed right there, too. And so tried to help bury the bodies, which they were unsuccessful because of the desert being so hard. But then Charles Schmidt told him, "You're, you're in this as deep as I am now. And at that point, my father finally has proof, finally knows that these bodies really are there and that he really did kill the girls. But he was convinced that he would go to prison for life now, too, just for trying to help bury the bodies. And so he held on to it longer, but that's when he got really obsessed with protecting this girl because now he knew he, you know, he was a murderer. It's an amazing story. I, a squealer of the insider's account, of the Pied Piper of Tucson Murders, Lisa Espich, E-S-P-I-C-H. Lisa, thank you. A phenomenal story, a fascinating, fascinating story. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, what a story that is. The mobs involved and psychos and... My God. Well, isn't, that's always their fatal flaws. They think that they can manipulate yeah. people to not you know, say anything. Yeah, yeah, eventually they, they come they across think someone who can't be manipulated. better than everybody else. Well, we have about 20 seconds, but we have a caller who wants to talk about people doing good deeds. So you now have 10 seconds. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the caller? All right. No, we don't have the time. Can, can, can you call back in about 10 minutes? Cause we'll have you on then. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, because I don't want to cut you short. Okay, we'll talk to you in about about seven or eight minutes. That'll be good, okay? Yeah. All right, sounds good. Thank you. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show.